Welcome to the Academy of General Dentistry podcast series featuring Dr. George Schmidt. Each episode features experts in the field of dentistry who share insights and inspiration to help you succeed. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Dr. George Schmidt, your host for the AGD podcast series. Welcome back. We have a fantastic program for you today. Our special guest is Dr. Hans Scooter, president of the Academy of General Dentistry. Hey, Hans, how are you? George, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on, Hans. Really appreciate it. And as I mentioned, uh, Hans is the president of the AGD, of course. He's a fellow in numerous organizations, including our academy, the Fashard Academy, and the American College of Dentistry. Uh, he has functioned at the AGD on so many levels, including RD, trustee, numerous councils, committees, and task forces. Is a very successful practice in Circleville, Ohio, where he resides with his wife, uh, Kathy. So, you know, Hans, historically, organizations of any kind really face many challenges, uh, perhaps recruiting and maintaining members, for instance, or from a financial perspective, or maybe even from an organizational standpoint. And in light of the world's events over the past uh, few years, COVID, of course, uh, these challenges have, in some cases, been magnified. Uh, on the flip side of that, some organizations like the AGD have stepped up their game and doubled down, supporting members by creating new programs, creating new initiatives through advocacy and the like. And, and really, Hans, that's what I'd like to talk to you about, as well as your vision for the AGD. That sounds exciting. You're, you're right up my alley. One of the reasons I ran and, uh, you know, I, I, I echo your comments you know, about the pandemic and the effects, you know, it's a, as I tell my patients almost on a daily basis, it's amazing how one very microscopic little being can change everything we know in the world financially, uh, uh, health-wise, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I, I viewed it as an opportunity. I, I've said that in some of my speeches, uh, you know, some of us can be old school and very tunnel vision with continuing education. And I think uh, the academy really, and I kudos to our president of that time, Connie White, we really came through with our webinar series. I, I've seen the capacity to expand what this academy is, is about education uh, and advocacy uh, on a wider platform and a quicker platform due to the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for sure on that, you know, uh, you had a really wonderful article in AGD Impact, uh, you know, sort of where you outlined your vision for the AGD. Could you just kind of recap that for the membership? Yeah, you know, um, you know, we need to, you know, one of the, the focuses and, and, and you know, and I, I mentioned this in my speech was, you know, one year as president is really not enough time to physically get things done from point A to point C, but to create momentum in the right direction. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, I see as a, a function of leadership is, you know, helping to create a vision that eventually translates into reality. But one of the other things that I want for this organization is we need to create uh, a philosophy of succession planning. Uh, as you say, I've been around the block for a while uh, you've been around the block for a while. We do have new members, but we need to engage them. We need to encourage them, much like I was encouraged when I was uh, a new member of this academy. I, 
you know, almost didn't wasn't given a choice to said you're now a member of the Ohio board. But you know, I got to meet some very very uh, successful dentists uh, in every sense of the word, not just financially. Uh, and you know, as I said, my articles. One of the things that I saw, and I, as I sat on that board table, was they were all members of the Academy of General Dentistry, whether they were in a rural practice, in a big city practice, in a group practice, or, or solo. The one common theme was their association with the Academy of General Dentistry, and it's tougher in this day and age. Uh, you know, we live in a in a time where I can click on my computer the minute we get off and and take. 10 hours of continuing education. Um, but it's it's important to differentiate ourselves and give the younger dentist an opportunity and just as important, let them see what this academy can do for them. It has it has done a world of good to me and all the people that I've known uh, in, in every sense of the word within my uh, 30 plus career in dentistry. Absolutely. You know, Hans, you make a good point there about, you know, our younger membership and of course, they're the lifeblood of the organization. Um, what are your thoughts about some of the challenges that we have in sort of um, attracting and, and retaining the younger membership? Well, they certainly see things differently than you and I did when we were their age. Uh, I, I think the younger member does not want to have us waste their time. They want to make sure that they are contributing in a positive and a quick manner. They live on their cell phones. So, you know, we have heard loud and clear communications. Uh, you know, we need to have access to our webpage, access, you know, we, we're on social media platforms. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue education. I know we're, we're talking about the concept of microeducation where people could sit up at their office and take small tidbits of continuing education, uh, engaging them. Zoom is a wonderful platform. A lot of people are naysayers about it, but I see it as an opportunity for a young dentist who maybe has a young family who wants to become involved in an organization, but for obvious reasons, uh, whether they be financial or whatnot, they don't want to take the time away from their family. Well, I, you know, I sit at my desk two or three times uh, a week and have Zoom, uh, Zoom conference calls. And uh, when I'm done, you know, I'm in my own home and I go to bed with, in my own bed and I say goodnight to my wife. I'm not calling her from a hotel room saying, you know, I'm back in the hotel, uh, hotel room. And we need to give them, you know, continue the concept of we are the organization for continuing education. Because now more than ever, as I tell young dentists, you, you and I, or I'll speak for myself, I could afford to make mistakes early on in my career and survive them. In the economic environment that we practice right now, with the, the effects of the pandemic and the cost of materials, and I don't know that, that, that they'll ever come down, you know, the pricing that we're getting uh, for all our materials is, is unreal. Uh, laboratory costs are going up. Uh, technology is is here to stay and it's only expanding. And, you know, for any of us who've invested in that, that's not a $2,000, $3,000 expense. You're looking at 50 to $200,000, depending on, on what you want to get into your practice. So you have to be educated and know what you're getting yourself into because you can't afford to buy something that potentially is going to 
would be a huge financial loss for you if you're not able to use it correctly. So, uh, you know, the, the continuing education for me for the younger dentist needs to be something that they really find worthwhile. I see them at other locations. I see them at Spear. I don't. I, I don't believe the the price of education is an issue as much as you know what is the return on investment for me in my practice because. When I look at, uh, and, and I'm an alum of Panky, I went through 10 years and I get all their, I'm on their social media and I look at the, the classes that attend and it's still, you know, about two thirds of them, I would call dentists under the age of 35 or 40. Uh, and these, you know, they're getting education that they could take back to their office and translate into uh, a benefit for their patients, first and foremost, and secondarily benefit financially for them, give them peace of mind, knowing that they can run a successful practice. Yeah, really great commentary there, Hans. And, you know, uh, I think uh, you would agree that the AGD really is doing a fantastic job with some of the programs that we have for the younger dentists, such as the the new dentist uh, council, new dentist committee, uh, the, the new dentist group at the scientific session. And, uh, and you mentioned education. Uh, Hannah Linscog and her uh, team at the Dental Education Council are really working hard on things like microeducation, right? Hands-on live education that can be brought to the membership. So, uh, I think under your leadership and others, and with great support of the staff, I think that uh, uh, you've got some good stuff going on there. Yeah, and that, and like I said originally, George, you know, it's creating the momentum that's going to carry forward because you know, and and we truly have been blessed. You know, at least I have that we have, you know, coming up behind me, two people that, you know, pretty much echo and think the same way that this is the direction that this organization needs to be headed because, you know, it's once we get that snowball rolling, it starts rolling faster and growing. And I I think that's that's what this organization needs today. And, it, and that ball needs to start rolling in a quicker fashion a lot of the times we're we're too slow and that's one of the, the goals that I have for this organization is how do we get things done in a in a quick fashion that's not taking us two or three years to accomplish absolutely you know you, you spoke a little bit about our younger membership um and as we said they're, they're the lifeblood of the organization how can some of the younger members get involved if they wanted to, uh, you know, become a council or a committee member? You know, what advice do you have for them? Uh, well, you know, so if they're members, obviously we always uh, put out the call for volunteers. Uh, and, you know, uh, so if they're on, on any kind of social media platform or emails, if they're looking at them, we're always asking for that. But you know that's also one where I'm putting a huge emphasis on the regional directors because uh, communicating to the students at the dental schools, communicating to the new dentists in the area, and letting them know that we, the leadership of this organization, want to encourage them to become active in councils and committees because we know that ten years from now they will be the ones running it. Now, of course, you know, part of my job last year was making appointments. And, you know, I rely on the regional directors and trustees to let me know. I said, I've got young members uh, putting a request to serve on communication council. Well, what have they done on the constituent level? What have you, what have you helped them? Have they attended our leadership uh, symposiums? Uh, 
So, you know, it's not just I'm putting somebody on there because they're 28 years old and they're from an underserved region. I want to know that they have uh, shown an interest on a constituency level, have served maybe as students. I even look at uh, some some of our student uh, dental schools don't have student chapters. I even look at uh, were they involved in ASTA leadership, you know, so that uh, I know we've got people who are who are energized and really thrive on on this kind of opportunity. So that's something I really like. I think from the top down and from the bottom up, you need help from the constituencies, letting you know and communicating that to their members. Absolutely, and there's no question that we've got a lot of uh, we've got our next best leaders coming up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I was very pleasantly surprised at our joint council meeting. I put a lot of new people on councils. And, you know, as I told our board this year, when I took over, I said, you know, and you've served on councils uh, for a long time too, as a chair. And you know that there are people who sit and listen very well and, and rarely communicate. And my, my philosophy of leadership is, you know, there's going to be people that are talking all the time, but I told the board, I said, I'm going to call on you because I know you have some thoughts and some people are not comfortable speaking out. I said, but I was really impressed with the quality of the communications from the, from the first year council appointments that were made. They were engaged. They were asking questions. They were honest about this is my first year. I don't know if this is correct or not, but they they were putting stuff out there and thinking outside the box. And I think that's important right now in this organization is, you know, we, we need to get out of, we, we use that term, we have so many little silos. And sometimes, you know, we need to hover outside the silos or the box and uh, see things differently to, to create positive change. Absolutely. And you mentioned the, uh, the LDS, the leadership development uh, symposium. And uh, I had the, uh, the good fortune to be able to participate in that. And that is a fantastic gathering for some of our younger leaders. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, Hans, uh, someone interested in that could reach out to their RD or their local uh, um, constituent to find out when that runs again. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, and it happens every two years. Uh, you know, it's un unfortunately, it's not an annual event, but, you know, it, it's every two years. And yes, through the constituencies, you know, and, and like I said, that is something that Drs. Omer and Chetty and myself are, are very vocal with our regional directors about, because that is their function is to communicate and engage members on the local, on the, you know, or as I call them, our foot soldiers, let them know what's available for them. And, uh, you know, along the same topics, you know, one of the things that you saw this past year is we had programs for executive directors there too, because that is the constant in the organizations and in those regions and constituencies, much like we do here on national, our leadership is changing on an annual basis. Uh, the constant are the staff liaisons that we have, the senior management, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, the best regents and constituents, as I've said in my speeches and, and spoken across the country, are the ones that have a well-functioning executive director who's there to stay on top of timelines, communications, um, 
uh, helping presidents and, and the, the line officers to make sure things are getting done. And that is something that uh, I have discussed numerous times about, you know, how do we help the weaker regions without executive directors? Because uh, we all go back to our offices. I am a full-time practicing dentist. I, I still work four days a week. And, and uh, um, that, that's what my education prepared me for. And that's what all my continuing education has helped me with. Uh, so I, while I love this organization and love all the meetings I attend, when I hop on a plane and go home, I'm going back to my office and the, the executive directors are the ones that continue the work and stay on top of us, just, just like national leadership stays on top of me asking me, you know, we don't have you booked yet, or have you booked your flight, hotel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, I loved seeing programs for the executive directors there too. I think that's just as important as having the the new members and young dentists attending these programs. Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. And uh, they're the backbone, you know, of the local organization. And that's actually, uh, you know, one of the things that came out of COVID was the monthly constituent meeting yes. uh, where, where the constituents can meet monthly. I think it's on a Thursday afternoon and, and a lot of the executive directors are encouraged to go to that. So, so that's another thing where, you know, AG, AGD actually stepped up, I think, to sort of support the local constituents. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was fortunate to be able to be on every single one of those. And they've actually moved the the, the time because, you know, it used to be the constituent lunch. It was a lunch meeting. It was Thursdays at three o'clock my time. So, you know, fortunately for me, I see patients from seven to two. And that's the only reason I was on every single one. So I believe they moved it down to like 630 uh, Eastern to try to attract more. Because you know the, we understand the reality that for some of these regions, the executive director is a part-time job that they're working another full-time job, and they can't log on it in the middle of the day. Uh, so the, this past year, with the change in time, I probably have comfortably could tell you have seen a probably thirty to forty percent increase in participation, uh, whereas before we would see the same, you know, the, the same standard ten to twelve. But the information sharing, uh, the encouragement, and the coaching is phenomenal in 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 that uh, scenario. You know, it really is. And uh, and hats off to I think it's Tanisha that was running at that one point. I think Tanisha Jones is still running that, so she does a fantastic job. Uh, one of the other things, very similar to that, is uh, at the scientific session we have a program for master track directors. Uh, I know you're aware of that and uh, where they can come and exchange information. And, and I think that really serves us well. Oh, <laughs> that's, you know, our fellowship, our mastership, our LSR, you know, these are, these are the awards and recognitions that, you know, I think that's why people belong. You know, it's a, it's a goal. Uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful merit badge, whatever you want to call it. Your patients know my patients every year along the way. When I was, for instance, going through my panky continuums, would ask me, says, "When are you going down to Florida again?" You know, they got they got engaged. You know, we would obviously put it on my social media pages. Doctor Guter will be attending, you know, panky, you know, course number three next year. The office will be shut down this week, and uh, you know, instead of complaints, I got. Thank you so much for for educating yourself and helping me. I said I understand that you're going to 
but by you educating yourself, you're only going to become a better dentist to help me. That's, you know, made, made the financial investment all, all the more worthwhile. And our meeting there, the sharing, sharing of ideas is phenomenal. But, you know, I must say that in our organization, one of the, the still weak points is, you know, the, the master track uh, programs have a connect page. And I don't think enough of our people who get involved use connect because that's a valuable avenue to communicate amongst yourselves between meetings. And I see that on there. You know, you you reference the master track, the coordinators, the program at the scientific session. I, I log on all those uh, connect pages periodically, and I see people saying, "Hey, I need a somebody on endo. Does anybody have any great recommendations? Or I can't find anybody to do this." And it, it's within 24, 48 hours, you've got three or four people logging on and, and giving suggestions. I wish I wish more people would use connect in that fashion because it's it it is a way communicating between formal meetings absolutely and uh, and i know you're a big advocate of connect and and we and we really do it's such a tremendous resource you know across the agd for for so many different councils and and committees and uh, and i think that hopefully in the future we'll see a little bit more interaction there so hans also you know on the um, you know while we're talking we're going to come back and talk about the scientific session in a few minutes that's near and dear to both of our absolutely. Hearts, but but we're going to, uh, I'd like to just stick for now with um, some of the other initiatives that really uh, came about recently. And one of those is premium membership. Um, I, that's, uh, that seems to be a, a really exciting new thing that we've, we've recently rolled out and uh, to try to help, help with the, uh, help the constituents. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it, it's the kind of thing where the membership council under the you know, leadership of our now vice president, Dr. Chetty, again, one of those thinking outside the box. And, and, you know, it's important to know I was on the board at that time. This wasn't just a fly-by-night idea. There was research behind it. They had data to present. Uh, and it, it was a phenomenal concept. You know, they came to the board one year. We kind of had tweaked it a little bit. Then he went back and, uh, and fine-tuned it and it unanimously supported by the board and it was uh, unanimous yay of the house of delegates uh, but it allows you you know as much as i hate to say it our academy would lose money if you used every benefit that you get with the premium plus membership just the savings your automatic registration for, for the scientific meeting more than pays for the difference in the pricing between the premium and the premium plus, uh, uh, the free webinars. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, a slew of, of benefits for it. In my opinion, the biggest one is your free registration. I shouldn't say free. Your registration at the scientific meeting is is huge, uh, and the amount of CE you can take uh, sitting at home. I mean, dollar for dollar, uh, you're not going to find a better deal. Uh, with with that membership plan you know it's we're we're early on in the process you know the first year was a beta test you know we wanted to, to shoot for 10 percent you know we kind of stagnated at three percent but i think we've we've got you know as as i've said before we've got the momentum going in the right direction and hopefully it continues to grow Absolutely. I mean, just like you said, just for the uh, scientific session registration alone, I think it's a, I think it's a no brainer. And, 
Yeah. Really great program that continues to evolve. So that's, that's fantastic. So Dr. Gouda, recently you have, uh, I read where you had a, as a part of your vision, um, were looking for ways to increase advocacy for the membership. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that to us. Yes. So, I mean, it, it's ironic you're asking me that question today because, you know, over the last three weeks, we had an issue, for instance, in, in Oklahoma, where the Oklahoma Dental Board uh, had a bill potentially sitting on there where uh, for general dentists only, and this is what was the issue, it excluded specialists. If you wanted to place implants, it had to be a board certification with a minimum of 80 hours of continuing education that was brought to our attention by a regional director. And boy, we mo mobilized the troops really quick, you know, throughout our LGA council. Uh, you know, we had a little snafu communicating in Oklahoma with their leadership, but, uh, you know, the advocating for the general dentist is huge for me in that sense. Um, you know, we do a great job nationally, but we need to do a much better job on, on a constituent level. I don't think a lot of people know, you know, our advocacy fund is there for that reason. Uh, Wisconsin used it several years back to help with an issue that they had going on. I know Pennsylvania used it, uh, but we need to be on the forefront and, and uh, be aware of what potentially is coming. In fact, that's one of the discussions I had coming off of the Oklahoma issue is, you know, we do get reporting of what actions every state dental board is taking, but it's not communicated to everybody. And so we, that's one of the things I told, told uh, Mr. Dan Buxa, I said, we need to get that communication to all the regional directors uh, the executive committee members, certainly the, the presidents and our LGA council, everybody needs to be made aware that uh, just like the issue we just had last year in Massachusetts, where the board unanimously voted to donate money to that initiative, you know, the ADA anteed up uh, $5 million for that uh, medical loss ratio uh, bill that successfully passed in Massachusetts. And, you know, I think in California, the oral surgeons are trying to get that going. And I think that's going to keep snowballing, hopefully, across the country. But we, we need the constituent legislative uh, people involved in that. On, you know, we need to keep them educated. Again, I'm, I'm right back to executive directors and regional directors uh, communicating uh, that. Insurance issues, I mean, that's crucial. I mean, that's that's a battle that I think uh, is never going to end. We're going to be fighting insurance issues, certainly for the rest of my career. Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, they've got some deep pockets and lots, lots of uh, lots of attorneys. But, you know, we certainly need to stand up for the rights of the, the generalist in, in that sense. But the, my goal for for advocacy is we need to be made aware of issues before they become an issue. Next week in Chicago, uh, that was also on my speech, we're meeting with many, many groups and I insisted on us having talking points before we met with them. And these are some of the talking points that uh, I want to discuss with every specialty organization because we're, you know, 
what can we do together from an advocacy point of view for dentistry, for the profession of dentistry. I said that in my speech, not just for general dentists. And, you know, we're, we're talking with the ADA. Uh, we're fortunate that ADA leadership right now, as many people probably know, is uh, at the head table. You've got Dr. George Shepley, who was a past board member of the Academy. And the president-elect is uh, Dr. Linda Edgar, who was a past president of our academy. So we have a wonderful opportunity. And, and the three of us have had numerous discussions about collaborative efforts by both organizations for the good of the profession. And, uh, you know, I'll be seeing certainly both of them next week. We, we've had discussions, for instance, about uh, instead of having independent Hill Days in D.C., what if the masses showed up to DC uh, and, and spoke as one for the major issues? And then obviously we each have independent issues that we need to you know, focus our attention on. So we're starting that brainstorming uh, going forward. And hopefully again, we create the momentum in the right direction where instead of fragmenting our profession with different groups, we're working cohesively, especially on the advocacy front. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic that we have the opportunity, as you said, to work with some former AGD leaders at the ADA. And a lot of people don't realize how much you and the rest of our leadership interact with other organizations and groups uh, to try to do the very best that we can for the uh, for the general dentist. Of course, we are the advocates for the general dentist, but yeah. uh, but but I have to applaud you and the others for for really uh, representing us well. Thank you. So Hans, let's talk a little bit about the scientific session coming up. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know I'm excited about that. Of course, it's in Las Vegas this July and uh, we're really excited about it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and kudos to you because you're the chair of the Scientific Media Council. I know you, you contacted me soon after I appointed you and said, let's talk about, you know, your vision for that. I said, you know, George, one of the things I want to do in our meetings, and, and I mentioned it in at other groups and in my speech is we need to bring uh, the aspect of fun and family back into our our meetings where people not only want to come to the meeting to take the best continued education, but we want to bring our families because there's stuff for them to do. There's interactions with other families there. Uh, I mentioned in my speech that my kids grew up knowing probably five or six other people's kids very well. I mean, we look forward to going to the meetings and we certainly have created, we're working on that concept for this meeting. Um, of course, you know, it's Vegas, it's a fun place to be, but you know, the the, the courses are set, our vendors are, we're way ahead of where we've been in past. Uh, so our exhibit floor will be packed. We, you know, we're encouraging everybody to be in the exhibit floor. We've got the new dentist lounge, and, you know, it, it is official. Uh, obviously, now we've got uh, Mr. Jim Kelly as our keynote speaker. Um, you know, Jim is a past Buffalo Bill quarterback. And, you know, I had fun when I interviewed him because I'm from Ohio. You know, he he had his Buffalo Bills hat on and I either had an Ohio State hat or a Cincinnati Bengal hat on. So we had fun with him. But, you know, he also brings another great great tie-in for me anyways on a personal level because I also serve on our academy's foundation board and you know the 
the and, and you do too you know the foundation board is there for oral and oral pharyngeal cancer education prevention uh uh helping people with diagnosis and education and jim is a i believe three-time oral cancer survivor and uh uh he doesn't hide it he and he views his uh his issue medically with this as uh a god-given ability for him to educate people he's fun he's energetic as all get out he's very positive um you know and i think the theme when we talked about was when you put your mind to anything you can do it and uh we can get down we can get down on ourselves pretty quickly and you know i love that concept because i explained to him that dentistry can be a very solitary profession for the most of us who are in solo practice where we go to the office sometimes things don't go right and we beat ourselves up over it we have staffing issues we beat ourselves up over over that we have insurance issues and it, it can get uh, it, it can snowball on you and his his speech you know while it's you know tied into him and his experience is very motivating to everybody in any situation you know if i can do it you can do it kind of stuff so i'm really excited to to see him there he's gonna be throwing footballs out into the audience so, you know, bring your kids, bring the, you know, obviously anybody under the age of 35 probably has no idea who Jim Kelly is, but they will once they see him in Vegas. Really looking forward to that. That That is really exciting. Jim Kelly is a very dynamic and exciting speaker. And of course, you know, that ties in really well, again, like you said, with the Oral Cancer Foundation, very, very serious subject that we're all very passionate about. Uh, but looking forward to Jim Kelly, and we've got so many great things that are going to come about at the scientific session. Uh, and and, and you know, let me interrupt. I, I know we just talked about it. I think this week we're, we're visiting the dental school. We're going to have a little reception at the dental school with the dean. We're going to be meeting some of their dental students, uh, you know, doing all the stuff that we've, we've talked about here the, the past 20 minutes, trying to get young dentists student dentists engaged in this organization. So we we really have done a lot of extra stuff for this meeting and kudos to, to you as the chair of the council and to the staff uh, for helping put all that to, together. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work getting, we, I think I interviewed four different potential keynote speakers. You know, that's with, with these people and their busy schedule, sometimes that's hard to do. So. You know the the behind the scene works that takes place for uh, any kind of meeting. Uh, you know the average person does doesn't know how much our staff does for us to make sure our meetings go phenomenal and they make us you you and I look good. But the reality is, uh, they're the ones doing the grunt work behind the scenes. Absolutely, and uh, going back to the uh, to the meeting at UNLV. I mean, they're excited about it and we're excited about it. I think it's yeah. going to be a fantastic uh, gathering and a get together. And the Dean was kind enough to invite us over to the school. Uh, Dr. Joe Wyman was uh, instrumental in setting that up. So hats off to him as well. Great job there. I um, mentioned it to, uh, to Merlin and Chet. I said, look, you know, I, I, I always reference stuff that I've said. I said, this is momentum. Like I talked in my speech, let's, let's make it a tradition. When we're in another city, find out if there's a dental school and let's go visit the dental school while we're having our scientific meeting there. 
said, let's make sure we we build on this concept because uh, it's a great idea. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And of course, uh, you know, the centerpiece or the highlighter of our year is the fellowship and mastership awards, which are going to oh. occur there and, uh, and the presidential dinner. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, having gone through that and I know you have, you know, uh, it, it's quite an honor when you receive your, your uh, award, but, uh, for me personally, uh, sitting up on that stage, and I know you've been up on the stage, uh, uh, it is, you know, probably the top two things, addressing the house and addressing these awardees for me is probably the highlight of an entire year for me as, as president, because uh, the smiles on their faces when they come up on stage, the hoopla from their families when their names get called out, uh, shaking their hands, and uh, you could just feel the energy in when you're shaking hands and, and their smile is, you know, from, from ear to ear, it is amazing because we, any of us who've achieved these, uh, these awards know what kind of work, dedication and sacrifice it took to get that. And, uh, the, you know, it is well worth celebrating it. Absolutely. And as you said, I've been there as well. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic to get the award, but it was just as fantastic to sit there and look at the faces of the awardees and the families. It's very special. Yeah. It's a very special evening. Absolutely. And we're absolutely looking forward to that. And of course, that's again in uh, Las Vegas this July. So please uh, make every attempt to join us there. Uh, Hans, we're out of time. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your insight and your vision. Uh, really some, really some good stuff. Well, I appreciate it, George. Thank you for everything you do for our organization. Uh, without people like you, uh, I, I don't know where we'd be, but I, I'm really excited for this year and looking forward to seeing everybody and anybody in Vegas. Fantastic. And one last thing, Dr. Guter, if you don't mind, could you share your contact information? Yeah, certainly. I, I'm an open book. So uh, my cell phone is 614 270 2073. Feel free to call or text me. And my private email is doc, D-O-C, Guter, G-U-T-E-R, at Yahoo. Fantastic. So thanks again, Dr. Guter. Really appreciate that. I'd also like to thank our producer, Kristen Gover, Communications Director for the AGD. If you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on the AGD app, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions, you can contact us at news at agd.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.